Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back to the REI Network podcast. Okay, if you are watching us on the podcast or YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. We've got some more episodes coming with some really cool people. I want to introduce today's guest just here in a second, uh, but I did want to give you a quick giveaway. If you want 5,000 free property records for you to mail or skip trace to start calling and texting, I want you to go to batchleads.io slash Gavin, batchleads.io slash Gavin. They're running a promotion right now to give people, my audience, 5,000 records. So jump on that, get them and get marketing, get some leads coming in. All right. So now I am going to introduce my guest. I'm going to bring him over right now. It is Frank Hopkins. Frank, how are you? Hey, Gavin. Good. I'm doing really well. How are you? Yeah, good. I appreciate you jumping on. You know, I've been pretty impressed. I've known you for, I don't know how many years. It seems like a lot of, a lot of years, right? It's been, it's been a while. Yes. It has. And um, it's been impressive to see your journey, right? When we spoke back in, I don't know what year, several years ago, I know you were at the day job. Yes. I know you were looking for a way to go into real estate full time. And I think our big discussion today, which is going to be a killer one, is the advantages of being an investor and an agent, right? And getting that across of how can people that have their license, you know, do both sides. And I think there's sometimes different ways, right? Investors get their license to stay maybe compliant or inv or realtors have, have, have been doing traditional real estate, but they have no idea on the investment side. So right. definitely going to dive into that and talk about it. I'm not an agent and I have my reasons for not being an agent, mainly because I'm virtually multiple markets. It doesn't make any sense, but I do have, you know, depending on what we're doing, I do have agents that I do use to bring in for certain things. If it's listing a property after a flip and things like that. So let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about you, kind of your background, your backstory, how you got into real estate, and then we'll build it from there. Okay, cool. Well, honored to be with you, Gavin. And uh, I've learned so much from you over the years. So I really want to acknowledge that first. I started, I was actually working for a church in Miami at the time. And because there was so many people in the church in Miami from Cuba, we had a, a big missions ministry in Cuba. And at, when we started going down there to, uh, you know, help plant churches, you couldn't build a church in Cuba at the time, but you could buy a house and put, and then a pastor would live in the house and then he could have church out of that house. So our, uh, my first foray into buying houses was in Cuba. We'd go and, and help, you know, fund uh, houses and you could, you'd pay, I don't know, three, four, $5,000, really inexpensive. And then uh, there was a, a pastor would move in with, with their family and his family, and then they would start having church there. So that's when I, I really got started buying houses, very unusual way, I'm sure. But And then the church in Miami started wanting to expand. So I spent a lot of time with our commercial real estate folks doing that. And then when I finished my time at the church, I got my license because I was going to be a, a business broker. You had to have your you have to have your license in Florida to do that because I had sold my business before I, I worked for the church. And then, you know, bought a uh, moved to Orlando to be closer to my kids and then bought a uh, franchise from a national wholesaler. And, you know, that's kind of the short version of my journey into real estate. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So, so let's talk about then you get in, obviously, you started that way. So you, you could see the opportunity within real estate. 
and obviously your job being with the church led to like oh okay i could probably take this on full time and i remember the transition i remember exactly kind of where i was i was traveling at the time when we talked about the ways that that you know to, to get invested i remember you going with the franchise which again we don't need to talk about the problem is with franchises that they tie you down with your marketing pieces i remember that was one of our big things yeah and and the way that you advertise yourself so you know you you got out of that but let's talk about then so the, the big advantage of what are you doing between the investment and the, the agent side? How are you playing both sides? So give us some examples of, of how it's working for you and, and what people can take away. Yeah, so I meet quite a few folks who are in, you know obviously investors, and I meet quite a few that are agents. Uh, I don't always meet you know folks who are agents who utilize the investing side of it or vice versa. So first of all, the idea... The, in terms of the actual testing and all, it's it's fairly simple process. But I feel like that when, especially you know, as you know, you know, real estate today is so competitive that when I was only wholesale, I started out just wholesaling with the with that company that I had a franchise with, and um, really good experience. Just didn't just want to be free to do my own thing. But I would go into houses and you know make offers, or whatever. And if my offer didn't work, which many times it didn't, then you know I had nothing, and I got frustrated walking away from leads. And, and not only that, Gavin, the bigger thing to me was I would meet people and I would think to myself, they shouldn't discount this house. Like they, their best exit is to sell this house, you know, list it with a, a professional agent and sell it. Well, so I got tired of that pretty quick. And I decided, you know, I had my license, but it wasn't really active with, with it at the time. And so I said, you know, how can I utilize the license part of this? Because I really felt in my soul, there was many people I met that needed to, they needed, either they needed more money than I could offer as a wholesaler. And with, and, and partnering with professional agents, because, you know, a lot of times I get calls, then people will say to me, Hey, I don't want to work with a, a real estate agent. Well, yeah. the reason they, the reason they say that is because either they've had a bad experience or they need to leave quick or, you know, whatever the case may be. But there's been something in the past that they you know have this idea of, of what working with a real estate agent is. Yeah. And so if you have a license and you understand, you know, whether it's a creative deal, whether it's, you know, subject to, whether it's, you know, listed form, pay cash, whatever the case is, if, if I, I believe this 100%, like from the depths of my soul, that when I walk into a house, I have the option or the answer for you. You're going to, you're going to be the one that's going to define what that answer is. And then I'll roll whichever way you want to roll. But personally, I can honestly tell you, I don't care which way you go. And I'll tell you this too. And if I'm not the answer for you, I always tell customers this, if I'm not the answer for you and I'm not always the answer, I'll help you find the one that is. But mm, I believe by, by being able to do both, I walk into a, a customer feeling like I can help them do what's best for them. And in the end yeah. of the day, you know, I mean, this is a people business, as you've told me from day one, and we're there to help the people. Absolutely. People do business with who they like, period. Exactly. Right. Yep. Um, and I think there's another big learning curve, a learning, not curve, but a learning point in what you just said is that the way that you position yourself going in, you said something that was crucial when you said that, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Seller, if I can't help you, I will be able to provide someone that can. What you're doing is you're not there to sell them, that you're not there to talk them in, and you literally relax the room, right? Yeah, because right. you're not here pushing the cash offer. You're not here pushing the, the, the retail. You're listening. You're getting the information 
conversation, you're kind of then taking that and then going, all right, what is the best move to solve their problem? And hey, Mr. Sally, if this doesn't work or I can't help you, then I'm going to try and help you find someone who can, right? What that's showing is the seller is like, okay, this guy's not trying to sell me. Exactly. And it's just going to lower the room temperature right and everyone's just going to relax and when everyone's relaxed they can have better conversations so i just wanted to point that out because that was that was awesome well you um, know i was gonna say you know I, I feel like when people reach out to investors you know because they, and I've, I've had them tell me this that they have this idea or this perception of what you know being an investor is and they'll say things like I know you're going to lowball me or you're not going to take my house. Or you're not going to steal it from me or whatever, or you don't close. I heard you guys, you know, get things on a contract and you don't close. So there's, again, th those are either experiences somebody's had. And so it's, and I know some of those things are true. I know, you know, I know people that have told me that, they, that they've experienced it. So yeah. when people reach out, they, there's a defensiveness. I mean, like a, there's a wall, like, Hey, I need to do this, but man, you know, I'm going to reluctantly, you know, go down this road. And so I think the more, I think it's so important. Absolutely. It's so important. I learned a lot of this from uh, Todd Toback as well as you and Joe that you pull back, like, listen, I don't have to have this deal. I don't have to help this person. I don't have to do this. I'm here to help. If it makes yeah. sense for you, great. If it doesn't, that's fine too. But when I need the deal, and it might've been you the one that told me this, I forget, but somebody said to me, and I haven't forgotten this, the way to be successful in this business is to not need the deal. Because when you need it, it comes across as you know, big dollar signs in your eyes or whatever, and you're all focused on you and your bills or whatever. You cannot succeed in this business that way, in my opinion. Yeah. Be the reluctant buyer, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Because it, you're right, it shows. You know, The panic sets in, the desperation sets in, and you're always gonna win more than, 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 than you lose by doing that, right? Right. And at the end, of the day we can only work with motivated people and that's what that proves right if they're right. not motivated to do anything it doesn't matter who's in front it doesn't matter if it's the best closer ever if you have you know found out the situation and the situation isn't really a bad situation and they don't really want to sell then there's no deal to be done Right? right. But I think what you're doing is it's kind of like my method when I say no lead left behind. Right? right. You're basically saying we'll buy it cash. We'll take it creative finance or we'll list the property. We'll cover pretty much anything that's going. And with a, and, and you're right, you go into that house knowing or believing that there's nothing that you can't do or achieve in this deal. Right. But you're also dropping that comfort in of saying, well, if there is someone better, I'll find them. Uh, you know, I'll help you find them. So that that's that's really good. So when you're you're doing this, how has that since you've started to apply this method? How has that changed like your business from you know how are you setting these up type of deals? Because I already know the answer, but I want you to say it. Like, sure. are you taking these down as the investor? Are you handing them off from the realtor side? Are you partnering? Are you doing it all? Like, what's all that look like? Great question. So I. When the when they reach out, I'm the one that that talks to the people because I, I I use my own name. Frank Jr. buys houses. Somebody suggested to me early on. You know, people like to do business with the person. So anyway, that's the reason I did that. And so when I feel like the the most important piece of this is connecting and building rapport. So when so that initial call, you know, once the person comes in and it's passed to me. I talk to them. And then, you know, Gavin, I've, I've heard different things about this, but my own experience is, is that when I assume when somebody reaches out, they're interested. Now, I realize not everybody's interested. I get it. 
But the majority of, of the time, when I assume you reached out, you didn't want to waste your time. You reached out for a reason. I assume you're interested. And so I, my goal is to get in the house. Now, I know many do virtual or et cetera. I'm still one that goes into the house. I love the connection. And I know when you and I connect that something good's going to happen. And so... Yeah. So, so what happens? So what happens is once we decide we're going to uh, we're going to meet, and sometimes it's you know, hey, call me back in two months, or I'm not quite ready, or whatever. And so there's a follow up, you know, CRM and follow up as well. But when I go in, depending upon where it is in Central Florida, I'll go in with an agent. Now, if somebody says to me, hey. Uh, you know, I just want to, I got to sell and I got to go and, you know, okay. Even then I will go in with my partner agent. So there's two of us in the room and I'll literally, if, let's, let's suppose you're the, the customer. I'll say, you know, Gavin, this is my partner. You know, one, like one of my partners is Tom. This is my partner, Tom. We partner together when, when I, when we buy it, I'm the one that buys it and I've got my own lenders and I explain that how that works. But sometimes customers, you know, decide they want us to list it for them. And Tom, you know, focuses more on that side of it. So I feel like I work with five different agents who are like beasts, awesome, like they get deals done. And so when what so what happens is when they tell you, I've had literally had people on the phone say to me, I don't want I don't want to talk to a real estate agent. And I'll say, yeah, I don't blame you. I, I wouldn't want to either. And but I'll, I'll say to them on the phone. We are licensed. I am a licensed agent. I know you didn't call me for that reason or reach out to me for that reason, but I am. I just want you to know that and I can help however you want help. No, no, no I don't want, I don't want to deal with a real estate agent. I get it. No problem. So I always bring my uh, partner in depending upon where I'm at. So if I'm on the coast, like Volusia County, I have somebody I work differently with there. We go in together, we have the conversation. And I feel like between the two of us, there's so much experience and knowledge of what, what, possible exits could happen that it works like i'm really shocked and i don't mean to i don't mean to sound arrogant on this at all but i'm shocked when we, if we don't walk out with an agreement either a listing or an offer to to buy the house ourselves so yeah. if if we buy it i like to include the agent in that as well so i literally like to partner with them the whole way so if i buy it then they get a percentage of that if if, if it's a listing they'll list it and then I get a referral fee for that. So I, so let's say you said to me, hey, you know, after thinking about this, I need the money from a listing. Let's let's retail this. Then I'll, you know, hand the conversation off to the agent. Hey, okay, so Tom is going to kind of walk you through what this would look like. And then, you know, he'll talk through the, that part of it. And then I'll stay quiet. And then, um, then I'll assure the customer, hey, listen, we're both in this together and are, we're both available to answer any part of this. But Tom is going to, you know, drive the, the retail listing part of this. And I'm here to support him in doing that. And then if it turns out that we buy it, then I'll, I'll be the one to kind of drive that. And then, you know, Tom would be the one to sell it for me. I, I don't, unless I'm going to wholesale it. And I generally try not to wholesale stuff. I'd rather just take it down and put it on the MLS. Cause I've just seen that to work out better financially. I like to, I like for the guys that I work with to, you know, benefit either way, which, which means they, you know, so they're getting parts of, of uh, listings that are, you know, deals that we take down that they, in the past they wouldn't have. So I'm splitting. I got four deals that are going to gross right at 200000 that an agent is going to get half of that money. And so, yeah. so, but I also feel like it, but, it reduces my risk too. Well, I think also though, like, because people listening to that number, that oh, you could have had it, you, you could have had it all. But the reality is... Yeah, you could, but could you, right? Could you have done four or would you have been just done two on your own? Because right. not only are you partnering, but you're also giving a lot of tasks away. You're right. giving and gaining a lot of time back. And that's exactly my model. I tell everyone, I don't think I have ever done a deal start to finish on my own. Right. Whether it's from me locking it up, me dispoing it, 
bringing someone in to partner. I've always had people and partnered on deals because I know that people are better in certain areas than me. And while they're handling that, I can get exactly. the next one, right? I totally I agree. That's, that's awesome. 100%. Well, here's the, and here's the other thing. The agents know people I don't know, and they have investors who, you know, the, so for example, I went to a mobile home because you know, we'll buy mobile homes on own land as well. And I'm literally sitting with an agent uh, in Volusia County and, uh, you know, Sal, Sal tells us what they need. And what happens is uh, as they're telling us what they need, they needed more money than what I could pay, but the agent knew somebody who would pay what they wanted. So literally while we're sitting there, the agent gets on the phone and calls their investor. Hey, this is what we got. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, cool. I'll take it. So we literally, the agent sold that property while we're sitting there. Yeah. So, you know, the I'm with you. I don't like, I mean, yeah, could I have made the 200,000 and kept it? I don't know, maybe, but that, that's not even like a thought for me. I don't even care because my goal is to, you know, bring as many guys along with me. Like I want, you know, I want a bunch of us to be successful in this, not just me. That's just my thing. Oh, I agree. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. We yeah. just closed on big, two big deals closed finally yesterday. It's the same thing. You know, we, we had 250K deals closed and I make after acquisition and closing, I made about 46 6,000 for me. But again, I'm happy everyone's been paid, you know, exactly. and um, I think that's that's really important. The other key thing, I just want to jump back real quick that you said, which is huge. When you get on, and this goes for anyone, when the seller gets on the phone, right, they're going to attack either party. What do I mean by that? You're an agent. I don't want to deal with agents. You're an investor. I don't want to deal with investors. You're going to hear it on both. Yes. The key is, is to try and shut that down and agree with them as fast as they can. Exactly. You said something genius. You said, I don't blame you. I wouldn't either something along them lines. It's the same thing. So on the investment side, if someone, if I get on the phone and go, oh, you're an investor, you're going to lowball. And I go, yeah, there's nothing worse than a lowball cash offer, is that? I don't blame you. But what if I could get you the price that you wanted? What would you exactly. want to do then? And then all of a sudden, disarmed and they're like, what? Wait, what? You're not going to lowball me? No, absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to, you know, say that I don't buy cash houses, but it's got to suit your situation, Mr. Sam. Let me ask you a few questions and then we'll start to build that rapport. So I always believe that when you're on the phone, you have 10 seconds, right? The first 10 seconds is crucial to whether this call is going to go or if it's going to be a get off the phone moment, right? Right. So right. little techniques like you just said, and I just wanted to really bring that to the service for people to have a, like a aha moment, right? Because these things are like killer little moves that's gonna gonna change everything. So, yeah, if you get on the phone, tell, tell them all that you can do and blah 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 blah. You know, they're gonna like you, like you said, you're lucky if you get ten seconds. They'll like hang up on you quick because we're so used to getting spammed. Because I answer my phone every day, I get you know calls from you know telemarketers, etc. I mean, you just don't get much time. So I agree with you. You got to be like you know you got to be on point. But I, I think the other thing too is. You know, when, when I was being coached on the, the speaking side, they used to say to us, don't get in speaker mode. Like, just have a conversation like what we're doing now. So yeah, if you get on the phone absolutely. and act all like salesy and, you know, let me read my script and all that, man. I mean, I'm okay with scripts, but uh, yeah, it's, if I'm it comes not. across real sales, no thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And that was like when we got on, right, we just hopped on today. Yeah. And I'm like, just be you. Like, we'll roll with it. Like, that's exactly. just, I just want to be, I want to know Frank, right? I want to be, I want to know you just like if we're sitting just in a bar or in a restaurant and we bump into each other at the airport, right? It's got to totally flow. Agree. 
and it's just got to be natural. You know, there's no editing. There's no, it's just me, you having a conversation, delivering a ton of value for people to, to that's interested in this field. And guess what? There's a lot of interest, right? Especially, you know, it's, it's easier probably for the investors to go to agents because they already understand it. And the agents, right. in my opinion, is just one way. It's retail, yes. retail, retail. So right. it's easier for the for the agent for the investors turn to agents but i think it's very difficult for the agents to go to investors because they've learned one way and now everyone's teaching something that's not taught the one way and um i think that's you know that's harder so how are you with these agents that have these leads coming in right first thing who is the seller going to call they're going to call an agent right for the most part right? They're going to pick up, they're going to find an agent. So these agents that aren't investors, are you networking with them? Are you trying to build relationships with them? Are you trying to show them a different way? Yeah, the um, good question. The I'm with a, a really large international brokerage. And so we, we have a lot of opportunity to connect. So what I did was I went to, when I, when I joined this brokerage, I asked the person that did some of my training with me, hey, who are some guys you know, who really know how to you know, make customers happy and, and that I could work with? So he introduced me to some of them. So I, we, we met and I'd go and you know, reach out, we'd connect. And then, okay, tell me about your, how do you treat customers? And, you know, give me your philosophies and all that. And I wanted to be sure that our philosophies on, on dealing with the customer, for example, if you text me and this is just me, you know, if you text me and unless I'm just, you know, I'm sitting there with my wife or my kid or grandkid or something, we're in the middle of conversation, I'm going to respond back to you. Like, especially if it's like, you know, a deal is going sideways or there's trouble with closing or whatever it is. Like, I expect you to treat that customer the same way I would, like they are a priority. And, and you know, as you know, I'm sure you know this as well. I, I've tried to spend my money with companies where I couldn't get anybody to respond or, no, you know, like I, listen, yeah. I have dollars I want to give you and I can't anybody to get get back with me yeah. and i can't stand that so i met so i had the broker you know send me some names i reached out to them and found the ones that i felt like were a good fit now um, i work with a few different companies but i try to work with the agents in the brokers that i'm in because i try to also add value to them by teaching them some ways like we're in a deal like we walk like for example we, we came in and we talked to you as a customer when we drive away we're having a phone call hey how'd it go hey what could we have said different how did we do what how, how did the customer respond? How could we have improved that? So we're yeah. giving each other feedback on the lead, but then I'm also telling them now this is an opportunity to keep this as a rental, and here's the reasons why. Or you, this is an opportunity to flip this house, and here's how this could happen. And so I'm explaining to them, you know, things that they may or may not understand to help them learn the investing side of it. I don't have all the details. I, I'm kind of like I forget who it was that said if I don't need to have all the details, I just need to know somebody who has them. And so I don't have all the legalese of the retail side. I depend on the agents for that. But my goal is to help them, you know, build wealth. And I've seen in my own life, my wife and I started buying rentals in 2017. And I've seen, you know, just how it's changed our life. I mean, it's just had a complete, a huge impact on us. And so I, my passion is to help as many people, you know, listen, it, there's, there's, there's a lot of great companies, a lot of great organizations. You know, I hear, you know, oh, everybody should work for themselves. I, I don't agree with that. Some people love a company they work with. Great. But I do believe that if you're totally dependent on that, like it's a dangerous place to be. And so I know many agents don't have retirement plans and, you know, accumulating properties along the way and building wealth is, is, through real estate is, is a way to do that. I'm just shocked at how little time that I've seen. Maybe it's different in other places where uh, agents aren't taught the investing side of real estate 
so that when you finish, man, you, you know, you busted your tail for 30 years, did great service. And like your deal, chase, 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 chase. And like after a while, it's like, dude, I don't want to chase deals anymore. Like I want to keep stuff along the way so that I don't have to do that at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everyone, depending on, on where you are on your journey, right? I think that's that that happens for everyone. I love starting with, I wouldn't even say wholesaling. The way my, the way my mind works, if I can be a marketer, if I yeah. can be a master at sales and marketing, I choose what happens with the deal. Yes. I choose to wholesale. I choose to flip it. I choose to do a lease option, a creative finance. I choose to list it. I choose, I make the decisions when I get control of something, right? Totally agree. The art of everything that we do, okay, is the having the ability to find off-market deals to then get them to market, right? And, and, and that's how what we kind of specialize in, in doing because there's so many investors trying to get on the MLS, right? right? Buying on the MLS to flip. And for me, the margins aren't there. For someone to go in and said there's 25,000 in this deal, right? Top end 25,000, they're going to flip it in this market is just madness to me, right? I totally it's, agree. Yeah. You've got to be making 25,000 and everything went wrong to make 25,000. Exactly. That's yeah. my, and we will not buy. This is another tip for everyone listening. We do not buy what we can't wholesale, right? Meaning that if it doesn't fit the wholesale, if I can't sell it to Frank for 10 grand and I can't sell it to anyone, I'm not going to go, well, we'll buy it because no one else wants it. No, no, no. That is signs that you don't have a good deal. I want to say I can wholesale this for 10 to Frank or I'll take it down and make 60 and flip it, right? So I always stick with that, that if it doesn't, if if I can't wholesale it myself, we do not buy it. And that's kind of what we stick to. And it stands as a fine good step. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I want to emphasize, the you, you guys taught me this. So had a coach I had here in Orlando, that everything that you buy has to has to have multiple exits. If you don't have multiple exits, then you can find yourself in trouble. The first flip that I ever did, I lost my tail on the first flip. And it's because I did it by myself. I didn't seek you know, the right uh, enough information. And the information I got, I didn't listen to because I thought, oh, you know, I, I got this figured out and I did yeah. not. But the other thing is there was only one exit on that property. And so that, that was a huge mistake. And just to emphasize your point, there's got, there's got to be multiple exits. And I know, you know, this theory about today, like, like I'm, I'm, I have a, like a price point that I'll buy in. Like, I don't, I don't want to buy expensive houses. Like, I don't want to worry about that. I'm going to, there's a price point where I'm going to stay and I'm not going to be tempted by, you know, something that looks awesome. That's in a higher price point because you know, it's good today, but man, I don't want to be, you know, you know, play, I, what's that game where, you know, you, you pull a chair away and there's somebody's left without a chair. I forget what they call that. But I, I don't want to be mean, in this. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be in this market where, you know, there's no chairs and I'm stuck with this real expensive home. I don't do it. I, when I Me, buy a house in a certain yeah, range. Absolutely. And, and, and the deals that we just closed, right. There were 50 K a piece, right. But they were high end and, and uh, I don't know if you people use this word, but I say I bottled it, right? I basically was scared to take the deal down. These things were probably, one was 400 grand, one was 450 in Alabama. Yeah. They needed four, 500 grand in each, and they'd sell for 1.5 million and take and take about eight, nine months to do. Yeah. So I'm thinking we can make 400 grand profit on each one, right? But at the same time, look at the job, look at the risk, exactly. look at all the money in, look how many times that the, the 
or how long it's going to take. So then we thought, hold on, we can get 50 a, a pop here just to hold him to a high end flipper. Right. We can make 100 grand. We could make 800 grand if everything goes to plan, but we're tying up $2 million or whatever, you right. know, one point something million dollars for eight months. We were in a madness market. Everything we flip, we want to make sure it's on the market within about eight weeks. Right. We're not taking lots. So it just fit didn't fit the model and i think as 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 uh, investors you've just got to stay disciplined to your thing and not chase the shiny things because you think that that's what you should be doing and i nearly did it i went back and forth for seven eight days on this <laughs> yeah and then, and then we just said, no, we can't because, yeah, great. If we could have made that, but I'm thinking, okay, can I make that money in eight months anyway? And right. I think I can with a lot less risk. With a lot less risk, stress, uh, you know, and, and, and by the way, if, if you don't have a, a like a full-time or ongoing rehab crew today, I mean, it's, it's a struggle. So, yeah, I actually like to buy properties that I can hotel, like where you do like very little, little polish, little spit shine and put them on the market. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I did a uh, like a hundred twenty thousand dollar rehab in you know last year in twenty twenty, and I said no, never again. Like that. That's that's not my specialty. And to your point, you know the. I, I could have rented it. I could have wholesaled it, but I thought, man, this you know this would be an awesome thing to do. As it turns out, it, we went over budget. It cost a lot more money, a lot more stress. We had to fire the GC in the process, trying to find someone else, and you know, just like, okay, no, no, thanks. And it's easy to do. Even I mean, you're you know you're super experienced. You know, one of the most successful investors I know. And even you're you know with two recent deals, you're going back and forth. Should we? You know, flip it. Should we? Yeah. You know, so I think you just have to constantly remind yourself. Okay, what what's my sweet spot? And I need to stay there. Yeah, definitely. We just had something. I'd like your opinion on this to see to see if this happens. So we've got a flip right now that's in closing. Right, we listed it at two two hundred sixty two thousand. We got an offer three for three hundred grand or ten thousand over appraisal. Right, we know it's not going to appraise for three hundred grand. In our head, we're thinking it might appraise for two seventy-five, maybe two eighty. Okay, the appraisal comes back yesterday at two sixty-three. Hmm. Low. So okay. we're like, there's no way. There's no way. We've looked at comps. There's no way. So anyway, we get the appraisal and start digging. The appraisal guy has not. We've got a pool. And we it's not on. It says no pool. We have a pool. It says that it's not been remodeled. The bathrooms haven't been remodeled in the last six to ten years. It's been fully remodeled, hmm. right? So I've I've never had this happen. So we've had to like we're appealing it right now to the mortgage company because that's who sends out. You know the the lender sends out the the appraisal guy and she's looked at it and going, yeah, I have no idea what he's done here. Right. So it's frustrating though because now we're in like COVID. Everything's taking for ages. Now we've had to go and dispute something that's clearly wrong because if he wouldn't have ticked the box like if he would have said pool renovated but and it came in at that i'd be like scratching my head thinking how right. this is he's run a comp that sold for, for for 265 that's not been fixed up and smaller without a pool i'm like i'm, I'm just mind blown with this thing so anyway so we dealt with that yesterday we've, we've gone in and we've done like a appealed against it or whatever but no idea how long that's going to take have you run any run in to anything like that yourself i'm just curious yeah i mean i have 
I got four houses closing in the next couple of weeks. And yeah, I think the process, I don't think it'll take long. I've seen us appeal some appraisals and sounds like, I'm just guessing, I don't even know what this person did, but I'm not even sure they even went to the house. I mean, they might've done it from someplace else. He was he was there for sure, but oh, he was. Okay. we don't know if it took a week to get it back. We don't know if he's mixed it up. Could we don't know what he's done. But he's done – I was thankful to see, like, my team was fuming, and I was at the start. But then I was like, well, he's made all these mistakes, so that's right. better than him saying everything was right. I mean, the bathrooms are, like, brand new, like, redone. This thing is, like, nice. And uh, anyway, it was just crazy. I think, I think it'll come out okay. I think, you know, and to your point, the appraisers are, like, backed up for weeks. I mean, yeah. I got I got you know, the results from one like 10 days later or whatever, and it's it's possible all that happened, but I, I think you'll get it fixed, and it shouldn't be a big a big uh, issue. The challenge is, is that when they do an appraisal where he actually did it correctly, but, you know, it didn't yes. come in. Now, I had a, for example, a house that called, a gentleman called to, uh, to sell his house for cash, but when we got there, we're like, man, this is a killer house. Like, this is beautiful. Like, there's nothing, like, take this, read, let us sell it for you. And he, he did. Well, the first appraisal came in at like, I don't know, 40,000 under a list. They're like, what? And so when we, we challenged the comps and all, and then the seller's like, I'm not, I won't take that. So, you know, okay, cool. So we just put it back on the market. And then the second time sold it for yeah. the list price and done, done yeah. deal. So yeah. sometimes it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense what happens, but no, anyway. And the, and the seller was... The seller was, we even went back to the seller and said, hey, it's come in. And he said, no, that's crazy. He was yeah. happy to pay more. He's like, no way. He's like, yeah. I don't blame you. Exactly. He's like, just don't take another offer. Just figure it out. You know, because yeah. we had tons of offers on it. You know, it was, it I'm was sure. crazy. Was this in Alabama? Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, you, yeah, you should. They'll, they'll they'll get it figured out. You should be fine. Awesome. Well, look, I appreciate it. Just just last thing before we go here. You're working obviously Central Florida, Orlando, but you're going coast to coast across. Correct. Right. So what is that? What areas are they? Just kind of. So I go from like uh, Palm uh, Palm Coast, which is just north of Volusia County, and then kind of like down the I four corridor from the East Coast down to uh, the, just the the uh northeast side of uh tampa like pinellas county so we do like lakeland is is really the, the point where we stop but we do a little in you know, some of the community surrounding area and i i partner with with uh, agents from coast to coast basically awesome. and yeah so it's it's a lot of fun i uh, enjoy that and i want to say and i i, I want to give proper credit here so before we we hang up. Thanks for all the all the learning I've done from you. I've texted you, called you, all kind of stuff. You and Joe and man, you guys have taught me so much about this business. And maybe maybe the two most important things that I learned from you guys is uh, this is not a real estate business; it's a marketing business. So if you don't market, like you got no shot at being successful in this, whatever that channel is for you, and yeah. make offers, like you know, make offers. And so make offers. Yeah, if you don't make absolutely. offers, you can't win. So anyway, I'm I'm hugely indebted to uh, you guys, and I really appreciate all that you've done to help me in this journey. Well, no, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And Frank, just one last thing here. If people are listening here, they're going to be thinking, well, how do I partner with Frank? They may be new. They may be a, an investor that's, that doesn't have a relationship with an agent to, to say, hey, we got a retail one here. Can you come in? How do people kind of get hold of you if they, if they want to message and reach out? They can. Um, I'm happy to take calls on my cell phone. Uh, uh, I still have my Miami area code 305-775-8750. Uh, feel free to text me or call me. I answer my phone. and Or you can email me, Frank, F-R-E-N-K, at Frank 
jrbuyshouses.com. Frank at Frank Jr. Buyshouses.com. There we are, guys. So, yeah, Frank at Frank Jr. Buyshouses.com. Awesome. So, guys, if you are interested in partnering with Frank in that kind of window that he gave, I'm sure he'd, uh, you know, love to, to, to do a call. And I just say this to, to everyone as well listening. Try and always bring when not just with Frank, but with anyone. Right. Try and bring uh, when you get on and you reach out to people. How can you help Frank be thinking about that? Right. Don't don't come in and go, Frank, can I take you for a coffee? Right. Frank, you'd give me all this information, Frank. Right. Try and think, well, hold on. Frank's done his time. He's been in every program. He's learned He's he's worked with me and Joe and all these other people. And he's got to where he's got. Uh, by taking massive action. So just be thinking about that, guys. Like when you're reaching out, like, hey, Frank, how can I help you? What can I do for you? How do we do business together? Or, hey, Frank, here's the deal. Just be really thinking. And that's that goes for all people in the market, any investors that are like, oh, I wish I could work with that guy. I wish I could know that guy in your market. That's how you need to do it. You need to add value as quickly as possible and not just be the guy, oh, another take, 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 right? Yeah. And if you do that, you're gonna get. You're gonna network a lot faster. Okay. You're gonna get to where you're going a lot faster as well. Awesome. Well, Frank, I appreciate you. Great episode. Thank you so much, and uh, we will catch up soon. Thank you, Gavin. Take care. Bye bye.